Welcome. You are listening to Intentional Conversations from Nika White Consulting, an encore presentation of our weekly podcast where we intersect diversity, equity, and inclusion with leadership and business. Let the conversation begin. Now, for those of you who are new to our podcast community, you know that I always take time to provide a formal introduction of our guest co-hosts. I want you to know all of their credentials, their accolades, how they show up to this space. And so I'm gonna read Francine's uh, bio right now, and then I'm going to invite her to unmute herself and share with you all in her own way. Francine is an accomplished global business professional and practitioner. Her area of expertise is in leadership development and career advancement for women and women of color in the workplace. She is the founder and CEO of Francine Parham and Company, which works with organizations to provide solutions in advancing their female talent and leadership pipeline. Her company achieves this work through focus in the areas of qualitative and quantitative assessment, as well as customized programmatic solutions. She is also the founder of the newly created Career Lab. We're going to talk a lot about that today. It is focused on career mobility solutions using scientific methodology, tools, and technology. Along with partnering with organizations, she and her team also focus directly on helping women and women of color in the workplace with their professional development. Her company offers the Sharpen Your Skills professional suite of programs and events to businesses for their female talent. Francine is a recently published author of Please Sit Over There, How to Manage, Power, Overcome Exclusion, and Succeed as a Black Woman at Work. And that is actually published by Barrett Kohler Publishers, Penguin Random House, and that was released August of 2022. She speaks publicly sharing her lived experiences as a global executive, discusses the often implicit skills that she knows are important for career advancement and the role that leadership within organizations are accountable for in helping their women and women of color talent to navigate successfully to achieve their career advancement goals. She has been cited in various published books as well as articles as a thought leader. Her career spans over two decades and she has worked in multiple industries with her last assignment as a global executive and vice president of human resources for Johnson & Johnson. She worked for the General Electric Company in the capacity of vice president prior to Johnson & Johnson. Upon completing graduate school, she worked for General Mills in various roles. She holds two master's degrees, one from the University of Illinois and the other from Columbia University as a Stabil Investigate Fellow. And I want you all to take to the chat, go to the comments if you're joining us live by LinkedIn, find those emojis, whatever, but let Francine know how much we um, appreciate her being here with us today to share as our guest co-host. That is so important for us to make sure we are acknowledging the time and, um, and her willingness to share. And so uh, we are so glad to have you here, Francine. I am going to bring you into the spotlight and I'm going to invite you to unmute yourself and to share with this community in your own way, um, what are some other things maybe that I did not share through your bio and through maybe even your LinkedIn profile if someone were to go there that helps us to connect deeper with you um, and share that with us right now at this time. Welcome. Why, thank you so much, Nika, for having me. Um, I have never had my entire bio read. So thank you so much for that. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, 
uh, we often talk about the fact that we don't tell people our story or we don't share those things that we have accomplished. And you know what? It's okay to brag. You know, I tell people okay. and I've heard that you need to brag about what you do and who you are. So thank you for bragging about me. I'm so Absolutely. excited Listen, about that. I'm not bragging. I'm flagging. It's only if it's, <laughs> it's not bragging if it's true. Right. So I'm just flagging all of the great success and accolades and credentials that you have earned. And I want this community to know how in which you're showing up to this work. It's not because you're coming just with some hypotheticals, but you are deeply ingrained in this work and we value that. So yes, very yes. much appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. I, I received that feedback and I accept it. So um, you had asked me a moment ago to share something that individuals may not know about me. So yes. one of the things um, that people, you know, they tend to see a lot about the career that I have. Obviously they see about the work that I do, but there's another side to me, I'm actually a parent. And so um, have been a parent. And I tell individuals, I tell those, um, you know, young mothers that are out there or to be mothers, if you will, that I was a mom. Um, I was 19. I turned 20. And a lot mm -hmm. of individuals don't know that about me. So I started out as a single parent. And mm -hmm. I navigated myself through my undergraduate degree took my child in tow to my first graduate program and then took him in tow to my first company, which was General Mills. And so I used to have my son there when I did orientations, because at that time, you know, back in the day, I didn't have anybody to leave him with in Cedar Rapids, Iowa is where, where I was located, working for General Mills. So I was in a remote location. It was me and my son. Um, and now he's a, he's a big man now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I still refer to him as my baby and he always will be. But uh, at the end of the day, I took him in tow and I started my career. So when I hear people say, sometimes it's hard, I just can't do it. I'm a single mom. I say, you know what? It can be done. It can be achieved. And look at where I am and where I've been. And it's been an amazing journey. But a lot of people only see the career side. They never yes. see that personal side. So that's something most people don't even know. I think this is like the first time I've ever shared this. I usually have like one sentence at the bottom of my bio that says, and she's a mother of an amazing son. And it's one period. But they don't know what that amazing son uh, has been through with me, which has been the journey of my career. Oh, I so love that. And I love that you decided to amplify that as part of the conversation today. And I think that you're right. So often we do tend to see people in the, the lens of their professional careers, but not them as a holistic person. And parenting is definitely a big part of our lives for those that are parents. And so, and hats off to you for, for doing it and, and achieving such great heights as a single parent. I think yeah. that's amazing. And yes, it can be done. And I will bet that probably there's some people who are going to be exposed to this message today, Francine, that are being encouraged and inspired by hearing you share. And so thank you so much for, for letting us into that, that insight into your life. And yes, our babies, our kiddos, no matter how old, there will always be our babies. My babies are grown adults and I call them babies as well. Absolutely. They're, our, they're <laughs> <Right>. ours forever. <laughs> Great. So let's jump right in. I want to talk about Career Lab because I know that that is something that has been really important for you and your work in terms of seeding um, opportunities for women to be well equipped, particularly women of color. So unpack that for us and also give us a little bit of insight as to why, from your vantage point, Francine, accelerating Black women in the workplace is critically important to you. Sure. 
Well, the Career Lab is actually a research platform that um, I launched um, not too long ago. I want to say about three or four months ago. So I'm super excited about it. Um, the Career Lab is serving as a catalyst uh, for the book that I wrote called, you, you know, please sit over there. Um, you know, I, I came to the conclusion and I found out that there were a lot of things that were written about us, but there was very little research written about us. And journal, mm -hmm. and I speak when I talk about that, um, Nika, I speak of uh, research that exists in journals, right? In, in yes. you know, management journals and things. It doesn't exist. And when I tell people yeah. that, they're like, wow, you know, but they say, I'm not surprised, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of um, things that have been written. There's a lot of reports that are out there. There are a lot of, uh, you know, groups and things like that that are involved in this uh, body of work, but they tend to aggregate and they look at women as a whole. We speak of women of color as a whole. And there's a lot of monolithic talk, as I say. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, at the end of the day, this is really about the disaggregation of information and data and looking at this in a very different way. I think that we have many approaches out there from a DE&I perspective, but I want to add this other piece or other component where we truly look at things from a scientifically based perspective. We think mm -hmm. about the tools and technologies that we can use to unpack this challenge that we have. And, you know, listen, Black women specifically, um, I, I am one, uh, so I, I understand this. Uh, we are the most, you know, impacted and you know, impacted group, I would say, in the corporate sector. And so that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book not only, you know, because of that, but also because I felt that I could, you know, lend my perspective as a black woman and not only just to black women, but to all women and more importantly to their leadership. Because this is not, you know, this is not something that we um, should be doing alone. And this is not something that we can achieve alone. And what we often forget is we often forget that there's another side called accountability of our leadership and the organizations in which we work. And so the Career Lab is a consortium I'm hoping to establish of organizations that are interested in tackling this, you know, topic of women, of career mobility in a very different way. And the first body of research that we are going to focus on is Black women. So we're going to go in, we're going to focus on it. The book that, as I said, is the catalyst for that. And I'm just super excited. I've got some amazingly smart, talented uh, women that are in the scientific field that are interested in this work and are going to partner with me. I'm by no means an expert from a scientific perspective, but I got some rock star women that are supporting this work and will be a part of it. So stay tuned for more. That. No, we look forward to learning more. And um, and I love the fact that you're starting with Black women, because like you, I, I certainly believe and want to amplify as many opportunities as I can that Black women are most disproportionately um, negatively impacted from a workplace perspective. And we need to, to lean into that um, and to avoid some of the whataboutisms, if you will, when we have data that, that drives um, that really informed decision to start there, not to end there, because again, there's, there's so many other communities um, that certainly are deserving, um, particularly marginalized communities that are deserving of lots of very strategic initiatives and support for their unique challenges. But um, yeah, I, I'm all about amplifying um, the opportunities for Black women. So thank you for that. 
so you referenced your book, and of course, I referenced it in your bio as well. And we have placed into the chat for this audience to um, go get the book, place it over there. But in your latest book, you state that understanding power is key to career advancement. So my question to you, Francine, is why is it important for Black women and just women in general to understand how power affects their career advancement? Sure. Well, you know, the, the definition of power, first of all, you know, when we talk about power, it has negative connotations. So it's, you know, people saying, okay, I'm more powerful than you. I can marginalize you. I can tell you what you need to do, where you need to go, where you need to sit, <laughs> for yep. example. And, you know, it's, it's a misnomer. It's, I would say the, the, the definition Nika is mm -hmm. misunderstood right? Because power yeah. can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Absolutely. And there's a continuum on that. I speak of it in the, in, from the perspective of being able to use it for good, obviously. Yeah. And it is simply by definition, if you look it up, you know, the, the mm -hmm. definition of, pa of power is one's ability to influence, right? So when yes. you think about your ability to influence others to achieve your goals in the workplace, that's all I talk about. That's what I believe. That's what my book is all about. And that's how I was able to really navigate through the workplace. I mean, you know, for example, we all know that the first step in any career that you have is being able to do your job and doing it exceptionally well. Okay. Mm. But we know that only doing your job and doing it exceptionally well does not lead to your career advancement. There yeah. are other things that lead to that. There are other implicit skills that you need to develop. Like, you know, what is your brand? What is your story? Do you have yes. the organizational advocacy that you need? All of these things no one talks about. And I submit to you when I, you know, in my capacity as a global executive set at the table. So, so I'm one of those individuals that I've never envisioned the table because I've been at the table. So I don't have to mm -hmm. guess about it, right? I can tell you about it. And, and what it is really about is it's about all of those things that I just talked about. And because we figured that, you know, if you're at, if, if we're talking about you as a group of leaders, you already do your job exceptionally well, that's a given. Now, what are the other things that you bring? What are the other skills? What are the other things that we see and the possibilities that we see in you that we can envision you or can position you or place you better yet to be that executive or to be that leader or whatever the case may be to you know help you move the agenda ahead for the business so yeah. your ability and the power that you have in the organization to yield that so that people know who you are so that they want to sponsor you so that they want to advocate for you more importantly that you have something that they can't do without you got some social capital that they're like, wow, Nika has this and we need this for our organization. That's what you really want. You want to make sure that you have that and people come to you because you become that known entity in the organization that they cannot do without. And that's really how I built my career. And I started to watch people. I started to mm -hmm. watch people that were a lot more senior than I were was, excuse me, that were that didn't even look like me. Right, because I worked in environments and organizations where there were few, if any, yeah. that were women, yeah. much less women of color, much yeah. less a black woman. So I started to emulate. I started to look and I'm like, well, how do they do this? How do they get that done? Let me see if I can do that. And it worked. Mm. No, I, I appreciate all that insight. I want to I want to lean into two things that you shared. Um, two points that are coming up for me. The first is power. 
And you're right. I think that a lot of people hear the word power and privilege, and they automatically go to the negative connotation of that. And uh, I'm going to put this in context of, of the broad definition of, of privilege, um, and not at all to minimize the fact that white privilege certainly exists, because it does. Uh, but I want to put it into the context to where if all of us were to take inventory of our lives, there are many of us that probably could identify some areas of privilege in our lives. Um, I think about the fact that I grew up in a home with two parents, right? I grew up in a home where I had the ability to have a mom and a dad that were parenting me in a very loving relationship. And I grew up in a home where I had more than enough from a financial means perspective. All my needs were met. And so I share that because I love the fact that you also amplify that the, the positivity of power, if it's acknowledged and if it's used honorably and correctly, right? And I think that's important to amplify. The other thing that I heard, Francine, as you were talking about your approach, is um, I'm curious about the shared accountability. It sounds like part of how you show up to this work and your support is more or less allowing the, the women that you're focused on to have self-agency to help create a pathway that can lead towards the desired career mobility, career advancement opportunities. What I want to shift and talk about a little bit now is to get your perspective on how do we ensure that there's also a parallel path where the organizational leaders and influencers and stakeholders have bought in to this notion that there is some accountability on their part as well in terms of the, the, the structure of the organization, the culture, the policies um, to help also create those upward opportunities? What would you say to that and how do you like to advise um, organizations who need to lean in more to that as an opportunity? Sure. Well, I will say that there's two ways I think that that can be done. I think that, you know, for those listening today um, and being engaged in this conversation, it is as simple as you thinking through, you know, and working with individuals in your organization that are, you know, those people that the organization deems as being powerful or that they, that you know a lot about, or you want to engage in a conversation. I'll give you just a very simple example. So, you know, obviously my book is top of mind. I talk about it a lot and I say, you know what, go out and, you know, you don't have to buy my book, go to the library and check it out. <laughs> you know, if you want to do that, check it out. If you can't afford, you know, or whatever your circumstance may be, go check the book out. If you really want the book, send me an email. I'll give you the book. That's how passionate I am, but I would like you to buy it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I am yes. passionate about the book. But at the end of the day, use my book or use your book, for example, Nika, use the tools and information that is in front of you as a catalyst for a conversation. Mm -hmm. Imagine sitting down with your leader and saying, hi, Nika, you're my boss. And I just read an amazing chapter in this book. And I want to have this conversation with you about it because it pertains to my career. And I know yes. that you support my career. I know that you want me to advance and I know you want me to be the best that I could possibly be. Could we please engage in this conversation? What mm -hmm. leader is going to say no to you? Yeah. Okay. What leader is going to say no to you if you identify who those leaders are in your organization and you get on their calendar and you say, you know yeah. what? I had this conversation. I've had this thought. I want to share it with you. And it does sometimes take a little courage and it does take sometimes a little time right? But you can yeah. do that. It takes that effort, right? So you, you have to, you first of all have to strategically think through who you want to talk to 
and then put yourself out there, but in a meaningful and purposeful and strategic way. Think about mm -hmm. what you do offer to the organization. All of us have some means or something that we are privileged to have. As you said, you grew up in this amazing family. I grew up in an amazing family, very similar to yours with one mother, one father, six kids, 52 years being married, very mm -hmm. traditional. You don't hear of our stories mm -hmm. today, right? But at the end of the day, what I knew was that that was not taken for granted, right? So I was very sensitized to that. So when I went into the workplace, I was very sensitized to individuals who did not have or had experienced what I had experienced, right? And how do I take a role in that? And you don't have to be at the level that I was at or some, you know, have a big title or whatever. All of us can impact in some way because all of us have some place of privilege. When you yeah. are in a room, and you look around and you meet your team and you don't see someone that looks like you or you think that needs to be there, go find that person mm -hmm. and talk to them about what you've done and see how you can get them in that room. This is about creating that kind of energy. Now, what I would say to organizations is I would say to organizations and leaders that you need to start paying attention, right? Yeah. This is really about accountability. And accountability mm -hmm. at the most senior level, because those individuals do have the opportunity to impact the agenda. They do yes. have, they own the systems, they own the processes, they bring people like you and I into the organization to have those discussions with them that maybe their team or their direct reports or the organization at large can't necessarily have. But there is a shared accountability that needs to be recognized because this is not a journey alone. You cannot do this. I don't care how much you're excited about it as an individual, how much you want to talk about it. I don't care what you do. You have to be engaged in this. If they're, you know, whether it's a part of being a business resource group or an employee resource group, whatever you do, um, you know, as a leader, I say to them, if you're a sponsor, get involved, get engaged, truly understand how you move this agenda ahead and get past the performative, right? But the performative yes. DE&I as we talk about. Um, and that's what I'm out here doing. I'm out here beating the drum, you know, and talking about this to leaders because I have that platform. So I have that privilege to be able to do that. So I have these candid conversations with them too. I'm like, listen, you ain't showing up right. And here's mm -hmm. the things that you need to do to show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they need to hear it. And so I, I so appreciate you circling back to the, the shared accountability piece, because you also referenced the courage, the courage sometimes that it takes to center your voice and to let others in an organization know that I, I, I'm feeling like I'm, 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 I'm not being supported around full opportunity for success. And so I love the encouragement of, of leaders um, and stakeholders to take the initiative to seek out that input, that intel, um, because it really can make a big difference. So we know that you've had ample experience in corporate America, and I want you to talk a little bit, Francine, about how you know corporate America experiences um, help to inform your strategy as it relates to engaging with Black women in the workplace. Yeah. Well, you know, it informed my strategy because, you know, I walked into so many places where we were not. And the higher that I went into the organization, the less I saw us, right? As individuals, mm -hmm. as Black women, women of color, just Black women. I'll talk about yeah. that, for example, in yeah. my personal experience. And I, you know, I built my career going to some pretty remote places. My first career move right out of graduate school, my first graduate degree was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 
And I had to look on a map. I'll be honest. I'm like, <laughs> where is Cedar Rapids, Iowa? Like I'm from the East Coast and I think this is in the Midwest. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know Iowa is in the Iowa, Midwest. Let me tell you. Okay. Yeah. Dial back two decades. All right. <laughs> you, you know? And that was my first experience. And listen, I was thinking about, you know, I had my son in tow. Don't think that I wasn't aware of this. I like, I went out there, mm -hmm. I looked across and I'm like, I can only see like for miles. I'm doing like this. I'm like, I see nothing but like uh farmland on the horizon. And what is, you know, how's my son as a black, you know, mm -hmm. child, how's he going to navigate mm -hmm. and being in this place? And like Francine, here's the school. It's a great school system. I'm like, but you know, how's this going to work for my son? So I was acutely aware of all of these places that I went to, um, beyond, you know, and I could, uh, Warsaw, Indiana, I, I got the role. I got the list. Okay. <laughs> places that, but you know what? I built my career there. I decided strategically that, you know, I needed to go build my career. But what I did do was I didn't let the fact that I was a black woman get in the way. And what yeah. I said is that I need to do the same things. And I know, listen, I came from a family where my parents were, you know, my dad, as I talk about in the book, my dad was, um, my grandfather was a sharecropper. Okay. I talk about the fact that my mother, you know, walked the picket lines. I was very well aware of yeah. the topics around civil rights and around mm -hmm. democratization. And we talked about it openly in our family. And that, that was, you know, so I clearly went into the workplace understanding that. But the foundation that I understood was that I had a charter to do more, that that was my charter, mm -hmm. that my parents like beat it and they're like, Francine, when you get out there, you got to do more, you know, because we did more. So you got to do the same thing and carry it forward. So I went into those places with that mindset. And I tell everyone, you know, go into the organizations that you go into with the mindset that you are going to achieve. And don't yeah. worry about, be aware, N never forget who you are. I was clearly from like the time I could remember, probably four years old, um, I was keenly aware of who I was, what I was up against and where what I walked into every single day. But I'll tell you, you know, Nika, that prepared me. So I tell mm -hmm. everyone, don't shy away, go in knowing what you're going into, but more importantly, strategically think about how you are going to navigate. Yes, you are going to you are going to face microaggressions. I probably faced mm -hmm. them before the term even came up. I sure. didn't even know what that was back in the yeah. 90s. I'm sure I, I I'm I know. Let me not say I. Yes. I'm sure I know. Right. Um. I'm sure there was some disparities that I faced. This the road was bumpy for me. But at the end of the day, I was steadfast and determined. And what I did was I aligned myself with people that I saw that were doing what I wanted to do. Hmm. And that was that was clearly to advance. I clearly wanted to from the you know, from the day I walked into corporate America, I clearly knew that I wanted to lead I, and I made no bones hmm. about it. So I made sure that. And I tell everyone to make sure that your voice is heard in, in the right vein. You know, it's not running around and screaming and saying, hey, give me because, but it's about being strategic, being thoughtful and anchoring your voice and having the voice around what you want to do. Because see, when they come to you with something that you don't want, then you get to play back the tape and say, but then I had this conversation about what I wanted to do. Like, and tell me how this is preparing me. Thank you. But tell me mm -hmm. how this is preparing me for what I ultimately want to do because I've been talking about it and talking to you about it. Yeah. So can we have that conversation? Yeah. That's about the power. That's about mm -hmm. building the power and having the right voice, having the right tone 
to position you to move forward in your professional career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I, I think that part of how you're showing up today is, um, is through motivation and inspiration, because I'm sure that there are a lot of women who are going to be exposed and they're sitting back thinking, of course, I want to lead in my organization. Of course, I have aspirations, but they just don't know how to articulate that to where the support then is provided to them. And I I love the fact that you gave emphasis to it starts with the mindset, right? We have to believe that, you know, we want to achieve and that we can lead in that organization. And I do believe that. It reminds me of, of, you know, some years ago, I did a talk that was all around, are you going to be the victim or the victor? Mm-hmm. And I think that that mindset really helps prepare us for digging in and doing our part to be intentional, to help set ourselves up for success. Not to say that there's not a responsibility, again, on the organizations in which we plan ourselves in, because we have talked in length about how it is very much important for that shared accountability. But it also starts with us, right? So I I am really enjoying this conversation, Francine. So when women feel like, I know that I've experienced this, but sometimes women feel as though in order for me to create that, um, those upward mobility opportunities, I have to assimilate. And what I heard you say, Francine, and I'm paraphrasing here, is that we have to be authentic to our voice. We can't lose our voice, even in the midst of our ambitions and desire to have that upward mobility. So how does one do that? How does a Black woman do that in corporate America? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, first of all, you, I say to individuals, you know, understand the environment that you're in. So I talk to a lot of women about understanding the culture that they're working Mm -hmm. or walking into, walking into and working through because it is a navigation. So understand that and understand how your voice can show up. Like, you know, a lot of the work I talk about, Nika, is really about being strategic about your career. Like I'm not very reactive. Like when things happen, you know, at the end of the day, it's because, or when they happened to me, it was because I spent a lot of time planning. You know, even yes. my career that I have now, you know, owning my own business and connecting with people, et cetera, I spend a great deal of time thinking about it, you know, and thinking about how do I strategically do this and how do I show up? And I would say to women, you know, listen, and what are the voices in your organization? That first of all determines if the organization is the right place for you. Because here's what I do know. Every organization is not for everyone. And Mm -hmm. so if the organization is not for you, why are you there? I often say, why do you, why do you wait to be unhappy? You know, because it's, it's a foregone conclusion. And so how do you find your voice is that you start to ensure that you understand what the voices are in your organization, understand what the voices are that have the power in your organization, because not every voice you need to pay attention to. Right? You need to pay attention to the right, right voices that are going to help you. And then you have to eventually develop your voice over time. I will tell you when I work, walked into the corporate environment, you know, I did a lot of listening. I talked to a lot of people. I invited them into having conversations. I did this because I wanted to, them to know me. And then I built it to the fact that where I s- developed my voice, so they started to listen to me. So I kept playing my record over and over my CD or (laughs) whatever it is today that you listen to (laughs) your download, right? 
I played that over and over and over again in my organization. I had people understand what I stood for. Yeah, there were some times where, you know, I had to demonstrate, you know, because you're always going to have to back up what you say with some type of demonstration. But I demonstrated and I talked about it. So people became, you know, I became known as that person. If you wanted to have the honest and sincere conversation about your career, Francine was the person to go to. I came to, you know, and, and not only the individual, but the leaders. I'm like, you know, John, this company may not be for you. And let me tell you what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. So I became a trusted advisor. That was my currency. That was my social currency. When I became that trusted advisor in my organization, and I developed that over time, then what happened was my voice came along with it. Right. So that was how I worked on that. And, you know, what I I tell people, Nika, like this is not like a one and done thing. This the things that I'm talking about, they don't happen in one year. This is thoughtful, being strategic, being, you know, really thinking about how do you first question is how do you want your voice to show up? Like, what do you want to say? How do you want it to be? And I'm not speaking, I I should say, just not verbally, but how do you want your voice to show up and how you talk about things how you demonstrate, how you, you know, how you perform, that's your voice in a large context. And how do you want to have that voice that is, I would say, consistent, right? So we want to know how do you consistently do this or how do you consistently talk about this? When the organization is thinking about something, can they come to you and get that consistent message that they know that they're going to get right or wrong, but they're going to get the consistent message because they know what you stand for. Those are the things that you build very early on in your career. And even if you're in the midpoint of your career, you start developing it and you stick to it. And I promise you that it pays off. It does. And I'm a believer in that as well. I'm a product of that as well. Um, And what you're really speaking of is is intentionality around, around our personal branding. How are we showing up in these in these spaces, and how are we doing that in a way where it's consistent? Um, and I, you use the language social currency, and I love that. I think that we all need to spend some time reflecting on what is our social currency, and then leveraging that to our ability to help us as we're trying to navigate, you know, just you know the upward mobility opportunities that maybe we're seeking. You also said something, Francine, that I I, I took pause with, um, and I, I want to just back up a second and to address it. But you talked about the importance of being able to back up and show evidence of, of what we've done, right, in terms of our performance, um, different experiences. And I remember a Harvard Business Review study um, indicated that when you think about gender, men and women, that men are often judged by their potential, Right. Women are often judged by the proof of what they've been able to accomplish. And that is a huge disparity. So as someone who has rooted, you know, themselves in this work of um, upward mobility, career mobility for women, particularly women of color and Black women, what do you say about that? And how can we change that narrative? Sure. I mean, I think that it is, you know, unfortunately, Nika, you're 100% correct. It is based on, you know, I've got to show you, right? You've got to believe, and then I've got to show you. And that narrative has not necessarily changed as much as I personally would like to see that. Um, And so, you know, 
I think that at the end of the day, you will always have to do something in that nature, right? We, you know, and and we hope that we will get to the point where that is not um that is not something that I've got to show you that I, I can do this work. Yeah. Because here's the thing, even sometimes when I show you that I can do this work, I still don't get the job. <laughs> That's, you know, I still don't That's get that true. leadership role. That's the reality of it all. So then it becomes you thinking about how do you surround yourself strategically again? How do mm. you personally surround yourself with people that can speak on your behalf that are in positions yeah. of power, leadership, and authority in your organization that can do that. Every person on this call that's in an organization, pull out a blank sheet of paper and list five people. You know, you don't need 20, you don't need 30. I believe in the vital few. And list five people in your organization that you know yield the power that you need to know that you need to talk to that can speak on your behalf. And I'm not talking about just being in the room. They speak on your behalf anywhere you are. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, who are those people and who are those relationships that you need to nurture? Because then it becomes when someone says, well, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Francine and, and Nika's like, I know her mm-hmm. and she's good. And I would support mm-hmm. her doing this work. How do you know her, Nika? I know her because I know her and I'm powerful. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm that up. but you know what I'm saying, Nika? Yes. And they're like, yes. oh, but yeah, Nika, you're right. Let's yeah. give Francine a shot. We've seen this in play in our, in our corporate background, we've seen this happen and it's a conversation and they don't know anything about, you know, David, John, whomever the case may be, but because of the weight of the person that's speaking about them, they're like, if, if, if John said it, it's done. All right. So you've got to think about those five people and your organization that you want to develop that relationship with. So that it gets to a point where they start to just bring you in. That's called that's a form of sponsorship. But I'm that's but you're exactly not, what it is, right, right? That's when they start sponsoring you, and you don't have to. You know, everyone. I, you know, I love it in organizations now because I I hear and see a lot of sponsorship programs, and I often say, well, you know, that's great. You know, most leaders are never going to say I don't want to sponsor someone. Like that would kind of mm-hmm. be that would kind of be a faux pas on them as right. a leader. But here's the deal. You want someone that is going to sponsor you that believes in you. I don't want someone matched to me that thinks I'm okay. Okay. So So I'm going to go out and I'm going to work on getting some sponsorship and maybe I'll go back and like tell the program, (laughs) you know, that I'm a part of this, but I'm going to work on going to get that. And that's what you have to do. It, you know, this is, you, you don't have to have a lot of people talking about you. You have to have the right people talking about you. And over time, it becomes less and less about your performance. And you start being the individual that they say, give Francine, give Nika the opportunity to do this. Oh, better yet. What are the, what are we going to do to ensure that she doesn't fail? I've been in those conversations too, right? They're like, oh, you know what? Francine isn't quite, you know, she isn't quite ready, but let's set her up. You know, let's make sure we set her up to fail. I mean, to succeed, excuse me. Let's set her up to ensure, underscore, ensure that she succeeds. Oh, hey, John, can you get behind this? Done. Oh, Scott, can you get behind this? Absolutely. Marie, oh, count me in. See, that's the energy that you want to start to have, but you've got to create that so that it becomes less about your performance and more about 
you being positioned. This is about positioning. This is about sponsorship. And I tell everyone, yes, people say, I would love not to play this game, but I submit to you, Nika, it is a game. And as soon as you understand the game and how to play it in your organization, I fundamentally believe you can then get to a position where you change the game. Yeah, no, that's so good. And it's a game right now that unfortunately a lot of Black women in corporate America are losing. So conversations like this, you know, your book, Please Sit Over There, are really important resources to help us to really change this narrative. Um, so two takeaways for me so far is that we all need to understand what is our social currency. We all need to make sure that we are aligned with the vital few in our organizations, right? And make sure we're cultivating those relationships. And then you said something just a moment ago, Francine, that I just want us to try to find some way of normalizing. What if, just what if, when women of color, Black women show up to an organization and part of their onboarding is, is all of these key leaders and stakeholders with great level of influence and power in the organization were to get together. And that strategy session is all about how can we help this person succeed and not fail. I don't think that we go into these situations in the workplace, at least not our leaders, um, the majority leaders with that type of mindset. It is let's toss something out there and see if they can either swim or drown. Correct. But let's be proactive. That's what I'm loving about what you're saying is that how can we normalize being more proactive about sure. what can we do to set this person up for success? And so often that is not the posture in which I feel like a lot of organizational leaders will, will take. And I think that's a shame. I want to normalize that. Yeah. We oh, need to make yeah. that a strategy. Listen, it is a, it should be a strategy. And for those that may be listening in these, you know, in into uh, this conversation, you know, walk in the door or walk in the room and say, you know what, I saw that there was a new leader here and she happens to be like me. And you don't have to be a leader to have that conversation, but walk into the room and say, how can we help her be successful? Yes. You know, I remember when I started, um, I was at Johnson and Johnson at the time and I, you know, you get all the big announcements and what I personally did. Um, I had a woman at the time, she was an attorney in a firm. She was coming from a firm coming into our corporation and she was a black woman. Do you know what I did? I got on her calendar and I said, Hey, I just want to introduce myself to you. I want to let you know that I'm over here on the operational side. I know you're on the functional side, but you know what? You can count on me. And everywhere I went, I started talking about her. I'm like, do you know that we have this new, this is amazing, right? So if you are in a position of power, but you're not necessarily one of the ones making all the decisions, you can create some energy around some new people coming in. If you have the opportunity to, you know, work in or talk to your recruiting group or your talent group, talk to them about how are Black women onboarded in your organization? These are non-threatening conversations to have. You're not talking about yourself. You're saying, I just, I'm just curious, like, how can we better onboard? I just saw, you know, Nika introduced to the organization how can we better ensure that we onboard? See, you've got, it's once again, Nika, having that mindset and being strategic and thinking every single moment. And I tell you, is this work hard? Yes. Is it exhausting? Yes. But we do this so that we hope one day that our children, irrespective of whether they're black, they're brown, they're white, whatever they may be, don't have to work as hard as we have. 
and especially as black women, you know, I'm working hard on behalf of, you know, women of color to ensure black women in particular, to ensure that they don't have to experience what I did 20 years ago. Okay. So how can we do this? And when we are talking to leaders or when I'm talking to leaders, I'm saying, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? How can we better do so? You're, I'm asking all the inquisitive questions. And here's some suggestions that I have, because here's what I know. Never bring an issue to the forefront that you don't have a solution for. Yes. I learned that a long time ago. I don't care what you're talking about, who you're talking to, internal, external, whatever the case may be in your organization, outside of your organization, bring a solution. Because when you just mm-hmm. come to me, I remember being a leader, an executive. And when someone came to me and they just said, well, Francine, this ain't working. And I'm like, uh, so what is your thing? What are you thinking about? Right. And I'm asking exactly. you, what's your thoughts? You know, yes. how can yes. you help solve this? Cause you bought it. At, you know, you just don't get to put it on my lap and walk away. I totally so, agree. And so yeah, I totally agree. That. Let's do that. Know what you're solving for. Yeah. Know, know what you're what solving you're... for too. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I often present that question just during discussions, team discussions. Okay, what are we solving for, team? What what is the issue? What are we solving for? And, you know, we've had a facilitator of some of our, um, you know, organizational effectiveness, health kind of, you know, activities to share with us that an issue being brought to the fore is half solved by the way in which the issue is stated and described. And so know what you're solving for um, and know what, what your thoughts are. What are your perspectives? What are, what are your solutions potentially to that, you know, that issue? So I, I love all of that. Yeah. And okay. bring those solutions forward. Don't let them just sit in your group. You know, yeah. if, a, if a group of, if there are a group of five black women that are in your organization and you're talking about a solution, have a solution and figure out how you can move that forward. Like how, who can you talk to? Who can you engage in this conversation to be able to make that change. And on the other Mm -hmm. hand, you know, I'm saying the same thing to leaders there. Once again, back to the accountability piece we talked about, you know, I'm saying to them, if you don't know, see, here's what's not acceptable to say is that you say, I would love to do this, but I just don't know how. And I say to them, well, do you have anyone that looks like me in your organization? Yeah, I do, Francine. Well, have you ever thought about just asking them? Yeah, that's simple. Yeah, again, that is shared accountability. How are you getting proximate to the lived experiences, the yes. challenge, so that you can have an answer to how? Correct. That's part of that. That's part of that accountability. You know, it's not enough just to say I don't know. So I love that you're bringing that to the conversation. Okay, we are getting close to the top of the hour, and I have not transitioned yet to take any curiosities or questions that um, this community may be holding, and I want to do that now. So if you have a question or a comment. Um, to contribute to today's conversation. I would love for you to let me know that. You can do so if you're part of this um, live Zoom community by using the raise hand feature. And I will invite you to unmute yourself and to share. And I will bring you into spotlight. If you're on LinkedIn Live and you're joining us in that capacity, place your question into the comments. We will bring that over into this conversation. And we'd love to hear from you. Or if you just have a question and you want it to be presented on your behalf, you can go to the chat and we will definitely bring that question to the fore. So while people are considering their questions, I want to just give you a moment to share what's coming up for you, Francine. What's on the horizon that you are really looking forward to that you think is important to socialize with this community? Oh, goodness. So um, we talked earlier about the career advancement. We talked about the career the career lab, if you will, and the career advancement project that I'm working on. Um, I will be looking. So one of the, you know, one, one of the uh, things that we are doing is we're reaching out to individuals to begin this body of work. As you know, we're conducting surveys. And so we're asking any 
Black professional women that are in an organization, if they would be interested in being a part of the initial surveys that we are going to be doing. And from then we have, so that's, you know, that's like the scientific process. We got to start with a small group, a small pilot group. We're going to have those one-on-one conversations. So if you're interested in a one-on-one conversation, we want to talk with you because based on that, that is how we're going to develop our questions. That's how we're going to develop our approach and our methodology. So send me an email. It's simple. Email at francineparham.com. People always say, is there a Gmail in there or something? No, it's email at francineparham, one word.com and say, I'm interested in your study. And we will tell you more about it and how it works. So that's top of mind for me. Um, Top of mind also for me is getting this book out into as many people's hands. It's an easy read. I think it's like a hundred less than, it's uh, what, less than 300 pages or so. I'm looking at it right now. It's amazing how you forget the details of your oh, book. Yeah, you too. Because it, you're, you're, talking... you're so true. That's, that's so yeah. true. <laughs> they don't, people don't understand by the time, you know, this book came out, right? This little small, you know, less than 200 page book. It was like a year in the making, a year and a half. So for yeah. me, the book is like two years old. Right, exactly. Yeah, same so, for me. I've been in some interviews and they're like, well, you said in your book. I'm like, oh, I did? Okay, yeah. Well, I'm well like, he reminds me. So yeah, I did yeah. say that. This it's is like, what, what page was that? <laughs> you know, but, you know, please take the moment and I, and it's not just about reading, but grab it, read a chapter that sparks your attention, you know, and go to your leader and yeah. have a conversation and say, I want to share something with you that I found out. Can I get mm-hmm. your reaction on this? See, this once again, Nika is about moving the agenda ahead. I'm a hundred percent on moving the agenda ahead. So between the, you know, the, the career advancement project, that the career lab is a part of um, my book. That is what I'm laser focused on. And once again, it's what I've been talking to everyone about is about being intentional. It's about being focused and it's about deciding that you want to make it happen. And I tell the little side note for those of you that are in LinkedIn, if you go back, uh, I think day before yesterday or something, I wrote an, an um, I wrote a, a, what is it? A post on my book being in the window. Uh, I love that, I love that for you. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had that vision in my head before I knew the gentleman who helped me get there, a gentleman named Cal A. Hunter, who is a leader um, at Barnes and Noble. I used to walk by that window every single day, almost in my job. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, one day I'm going to have a book there. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a book written. I didn't even have a topic. <laughs> I said, I, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to have your book featured. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I worked and worked and worked on that. The book written this, worked on developing the relationship, nurturing it, all that good stuff. Today, my book is in the window. Yes, it's in the window. It's in the window of uh, millions of people, one of the most iconic buildings on Fifth Avenue. So this is about being very intentional about what you want to achieve. And I promise you, you can, if you get the right people and think about how do you enroll them? So- I'm excited about that. And I'm being intentional and talking to people about that as well. And I'm so, you know, I'm so honored to acknowledge um, Mr. Hunter and the work Mm -hmm. that he has done quietly for years in the publishing industry, by the way, in which many of us people of color, especially Black women like you and I don't exist. We don't even have a So Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there is a question that came yes. in, so I'm going to try to give us um, some time before we have to close out for you to address this question. It's coming from Terry Keaton in our audience today. Hi, Terry. Um, a, a friend of the podcast often uh, visits with us, but um, other than reading your book, and he's ordered your book, he says, but here's his question. As a white male CEO, what are some thoughts on effective ways for me to more proactively be a catalyst for women in my organization to better voice their ambitions, questions, and concerns? Wow. Well, I see you, Terry. I'm looking at the screen. So thank you for that question. There we go. So, you know, Terry, you, you like, you're the ultimate power holder. <laughs> so you, yeah, 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 but you are. But at the end of the day, you have the ability to create that dialogue. And I think with your leaders, because when I really wanted to, you know, when I really wanted to get my leadership team involved, I involved them in terms of saying, here's a challenge we have, to Nika's point. And you know what? This is something I have a lot of energy around and I think is super important. Like, don't you guys agree? Of course, they're going to say yes, right? And, and, and what you want to say is, so how do we once again solve for this? How do we start to do this? How do we, for example, begin the stories? How do we start the storytelling? So I sometimes work with organizations and their leadership to think through how do they start to tell their stories? And when I talk about that, I don't mean it in the context of like, I graduated in 1985, I went on, right? What I'm talking about is telling your story of how you got to where you are. I'd love to know your story. How did you become the CEO? How did you become the leader? How did you intentional? And it wasn't like I was in the right place at the right time talking to the right people. People say that all the time. And women in particular say that. They say, oh, well, you know, everything, the stars, the moon, you know, the sun was lined. And next thing you know, I was a vice president. It did not happen that way. <laughs> okay. And I tell them, I'm like, let's roll that back and let's think about that. But at the end, I think that Terry, there's truly an opportunity for you to create the story and to challenge your organization and its leaders to start telling their story. The only way that you help me as a black woman in the workplace is understand what your story is. And your story mm -hmm. sure isn't how you shifted the market, how you've done this or ROI. Your story is your personal story of how you got to where you are. And, um, and that's, so, that's super important because A, it gives me hope. It gives me the ability to understand how you did it. And it positions me because now you know me because I'm like, oh, hey, Terry, thanks for telling me about your story. Can we talk some more? I hope that's helpful. Fantastic. Well, we are out of time. But Francine, I want to just on behalf of this community extend great appreciation for you sharing with us today. Great nuggets, great wisdom. Um, everyone, please go and get Francine's book. We have shared it into the chat. Please sit over there. And uh, we would love for you to take her up on her offering. Uh, if you're a Black woman and want to be a part of the study that's coming up, make sure that you send that email off so she can add you to that list and be in touch with you. Uh, wishing you all the best. And we have to come back maybe after the study is done so you can share some of the, the takeaways from it. We would, we would absolutely love that, Francine. Thank you kindly for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. And thank you to all the individuals that are listening in. And um, just, you know, I'm active in LinkedIn. So always, if you send me a note, as Nika knows, I personally respond to you. I have a team, but I personally respond to people who take the time to respond to me. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, most importantly, Nika, for inviting me onto your important platform. So well needed.
Absolutely. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend, a safe weekend, and be sure to join us back here next week for our Intentional Conversations podcast, where again, our guest co-host is going to be Joquina Reed. Great conversation. Look forward to seeing you then. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.